Hey everyone, welcome to the sixth episode of the Edgy Space. Today we're going to talk about my favorite topic, that's how to make thousand dollars working online within thirty days. And no, that's not a clickbait. That's why we have the pro LinkedIn influencer Shreya Patel with us. She's been into freelance writing since four years now, and such a short span of time, she's been able to build a mark for herself with over one sixty thousand followers online. Oof, that is something. I don't know how to do that. Okay. She also owns an agency that offers content writing and digital marketing services, and is a TEDx speaker as well. Welcome to the podcast, Shreya. How are you? Thank you, Manshi. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm really happy that you are here on my podcast. Um, as you know that you know there's some kind of renovation going on inside my house. I was like, okay, I would have postponed uh, the space if it were not you. I was like, no, Shreya is very busy. I cannot afford <laughs> postpone this podcast. So I'll just record it today only. Okay, so uh, I'll I now I'll tell my listeners and you that why I chose you for this podcast and from where did I get this inspiration of um, hosting this topic. So Shreya, you say that your work rates are amongst the highest in the freelancing industry. You've also did. Uh, you've also written a LinkedIn post saying, "Quote: If you have a laptop, internet connection, and a skill, you could be making thousand dollars per month very easily." And today we are here to learn how exactly to do that. That's also from where I got the idea for this podcast topic. Okay, so Shreya, when you say this, you know how you have a laptop, and if you have a skill and internet connection, then you can make like thousand dollars very easily in a month. So when you say this, do you refer to any work online or just freelancing? Let's uh, begin with that. Um, it could be any work online that basically involves you you getting paid any from anywhere across the world, right? So why I say freelancing is because, of course, that's what I do. That's how I started. And the the full nature of freelancing is such that you you are not associated with only one company. You're not associated. and you're not like restricted by your location so it it doesn't matter which city you're staying in it doesn't even matter which country you're staying in you can work from anywhere and you can work with anybody across the globe so the type of freelancing you do could be different i generally recommend a service based business because again if you have to physically go there then that's a different kind of thing i i don't do that so i would say you know something that you could offer remotely something that you can offer of high value if you can be of value to someone else and you can get paid for whatever you have to offer then yes you could achieve that um not without you know putting in a lot of hours and work of course it's i'm not saying it's easy it's just it is that simple in terms of what you need but it's not that easy but yeah you can figure it out you know i'll have to ask about that it's not easy bit because i have heard you saying that you only like like you sleep like 10 hours or 8 hours a day and that you dedicate only like 40 40 minutes or so to a client's work in a day so i don't know how you manage that we're going to come to that later um before that let's just begin mm-hmm. uh, with the with our questions so the first question would be is there a specific field in which you feel that uh, it's easier to make money online as compared to other fields or other niches or do you think uh, this concept of making money online applies to every niche I think it applies to every niche because, of course, first it's the offer, yes, but it's also you. How capable are you? Like for someone else, maybe copywriting is not the best thing. I I can say okay, copywriting is something that usually has the potential to make you six figures the fastest way possible, right? But if that's not your course, as I said, if you already know something else, like let's say you're already a really good graphic designer, but you don't 
no copywriting instead of spending like three four years trying to learn it and then trying to you know become an expert in it i would say don't do that i would say whatever your skill set is if you're a good graphic designer double down on that use that skill that you already have and then make money through that so it's not about you know one thing being better than the other but it does require like within what you do also it requires experimentation so i can broadly say i do content creation but in the two two and a half three whatever years i've been freelancing i have seen that okay some forms of content simply they cannot make me money they're not scalable some form they're okay but i know that i cannot do more than this like it's it's a plateau i cannot grow from there and then some i know that yes okay the base fee will start from a good amount because that industry is richer or they have more value for what i have to offer or i'm able to create more value for them right so in that sense of course experimentation is important but whatever skill set you have if you think that that can be of value to someone else in the sense that it can maybe help them make money it can help them um, save time or it can help them save money either of these three things are usually what help define value if you are able to do any of these things for your client and they are willing to pay you for it then you can have uh, you know you you can freelance in it and you can do it pretty well so pick what what you are good at i guess and start start from there no that makes complete sense uh, because i have seen a lot of time people um want to run behind an industry that they feel is booming and there's a lot of money into it mm-hmm. um and i think basically happens with it a lot i've seen a lot of people um you know who are doing engineering or who have uh, chosen it just because they feel that it's easy money and there're just lots of opportunities in it but then now the times have changed because i have seen people transitioning from it to copywriting to marketing um and to designing and what not and that is a shift that wasn't there um till a few years back and that's i believe a beautiful shift for that people have started realizing that it's not about just money and these trends will come and go but you got to find a niche that you love working in okay so my next question would be a follow up to this question um so in one of your podcast you said freelancing just happened to you when uh, uh, your first linkedin post got viral and i would really like to know more about that linkedin post <laughs> um but then you also love writing since childhood so that probably helped you in crafting a niche for yourself but then there are a lot of pressures college students or people who are maybe transitioning careers um who don't know where to start with because they might want to transition to a career that's entirely different uh, to what they've been doing till now or maybe that they haven't started till now and so they don't know where to start with so what advice would you like to give to them in in terms of finding a niche for themselves um yeah so look everything comes with practice i mean that that's why i said right if you're good at something i won't forcefully tell you no writing is the only way to make money that's not true so you you can make money a lot of different ways even if you're in a different field there might be something about that field that you can take out something that you can mold and then you can use it to be self employed so even if you're already an engineer maybe you could you know see what part of what skill set of that career that you've built could be something you can sell online something that you can get paid for online um so that's the like the idea would be to have that sort of um have a sort of an eye to think about okay what is of meaning and purpose to somebody and what can i do remotely what can i do that okay it can be like a one month offer maybe a three months offer what does it look like 
So you're not starting from scratch. You're starting by you have something already, but then of course you will need to learn some associated skill sets to become the best at it, to become, and again, to increase your value in it, to increase your prices, to um, increase your client, uh, you know, target client quality and things like that. Now, how do you find those associated skill sets? So let's say, for example, even for me, I started writing when I was young, but of course it wasn't content writing. It was writing poems and essays because that's, you know, that, 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 that was the thing I did when I was younger. So when I started freelancing, my, my shift had to be from, you know, writing stories, writing what's, whatever's going on in my mind to actually writing for someone else. That's a different shift. That's, that requires a lot of retraining. It's not, it's not just because I was good at writing but it required practice. So again, a lot of practice, a lot of just working with people, even if, you know, the, I, even if I wasn't sure about the rates or anything, still saying yes, even if I had not done the work before, still saying yes, uh, and trying it out, seeing how things work out, seeing if I can figure out and um, how does the client like it? Do they think that, okay, this is good? What is their feedback? And then based on all that experimentation, figuring out what I want to do in the long run. So everything has to be learned. And of course, in freelancing, the associated skills would be something like sales, like negotiation, persuasion. You have to learn that. You have to learn how to market yourself, how to promote yourself, how to uh, you know, build a personal brand, how to uh, make, make yourself known by people, how to build that awareness and that branding. So a lot of skills that you have to learn. But again, you can't start out being perfect at everything at, in one go. So I would say, again, start from that point where you think of one thing that you're good at, see how you can offer that to somebody that, you know, they would be, let's say they would be willing to pay $100 a month for 30 days of work for $100. Just think that is the baseline and then grow, grow from there. Okay. What else do you need to add? If you need to charge like $250 a month, what else do you need to add? If you want to make it like $500 a month and then you, you know, slowly, slowly, step-by-step step, you build it from there. So I think that's a good way to start if you, if you're not really sure of that one thing you're really good at. Right, that, that makes a lot of sense. I've just jotted down um, a lot of those points. So I really loved when you said that identify associated skills with something. I completely agree when you say that uh, whatever work you're doing, as long as you've been doing something or you've been learning something, um, there's always something that can be extracted out of it and can be kind of molded or polished and used uh, to, to make money online. Also, uh, when you talk about learning and experimenting, I know that you're very heavy on experimenting. You have learned most of things um, by experimentation yourself. Um, and you you are a firm believer that, okay, you've got to work smart and not hard always. And it's just that it's better that you learn from experimenting uh, rather than just reading and listening to um, what others have, have got to say. Um, so I think that's one mistake that a lot of freelancers make who, who, are, who want to begin with it. I've seen a lot of people talking about this on Twitter as well. They're like, okay, it's difficult to find a client. It's difficult to negotiate with the client uh, because I don't have a portfolio. I don't have that kind of an experience. They're not willing to pay us money um, and all of these sorts of problems. But um, I believe that happens mostly because, because these people fail to position themselves because they feel that okay just because we are fresher so we lack something and we do not deserve that kind of uh, money or maybe we don't have that kind of leverage um but as you said if you just learn all of these basic skills and try to utilize them in your negotiate negotiation or whatever finding clients then that could help you like big time even if you're a fresher okay um now moving on i have heard you talking about your parents always helped you 
pushing you know your limits always help you understanding yourself the personal and professional aspects of it they also help you understand a bits and pieces of business probably because they belong uh, from the business bra- uh, business background i heard you saying uh, uh, at one of the places that okay how your dad asked you to leave one client once because it was just not worth it um and then you just went ahead with what he advised you to do but uh, a lot of times people don't have um, such uh, guiding bodies with them probably because they are uh, belonging to a different background or they don't have people who have experience with uh, business aspects of things um so my question is that for for such people how do they learn the financial aspects of uh, of freelancing now financial aspects for example um how to charge for your services um making making invoices um or providing well calculated discounts that's something that you do very well um and how to extract the money from difficult clients um that is my favorite also i know that one of your clients still owe you like a thousand bucks so how how can one navigate through all of these situations uh, related to financial aspects so half of or most of what i do in terms of teaching freelancing like i'm not that's not my first thing right i started as being a freelancer the reason i went in teaching it is because i realized that there's not enough people out there doing that especially for the indian market it's different when you already when especially if you're from the us let's say i've seen a lot of freelancer freelance coaches from the us it's different because you do have that advantage of being good at english that's one thing that i highly recommend everybody learns but yes it is something that i've seen this audience in terms of indian freelancers they struggle with which is why also the disparity in the charges come from the base fee comes from so if you look abroad the you know about 30 cents per word is pretty average right 30 cents to 50 cents a word which could probably be like 30 rupees per word 30 40 rupees per word but in india you don't see that you see people charging like 10 paisa per word and you know that that's absurd um not charging in advance that's absurd and i used to see so many freelancers just constantly say i didn't get paid and i'm like why aren't you just charging in advance that that makes your problem go away but then when i first started talking about it it was a shock to people and the, i think that's the moment i realized that okay this needs changing um for what reason i don't know but i think just i liked it when people started taking advice and actually acting on it and when they had good results i was like okay then i can do more of this i can share more of this which is why i started my instagram which was only for teaching freelancing so i think if you don't have that kind of a person in your close family who can give you business advice i would say if you're listening to this podcast you're already on the right track because that's exactly what i'm here to do i'm here to make up for the fact that you probably don't have somebody close to you who can advise you and also because advising in business and advising in freelancing is definitely different so while my parents can advise me in certain aspects there are certain things that i always take my decisions as well it's not like it's not always a reliance and i sometimes i say no you're wrong and i do it my way and then whether it works out or not is a different story but it's not the same running a business or a company as it is running you know a, having a uh, being a freelancer rather so yeah even if you don't have that person in your life don't worry cuz i'm here <laughs> i think that's what i would say that's so sweet of you i am sure a lot of people are going to bombard your instagram with messages now asking all sorts <laughs> of questions um but i say that guys um, that is social media has provided us that leverage and i have talked with um, quite a few freelancers now in in copywriting in different niches and it's just 
so amazing to see how open they are to help people or uh, you are there komal is there and then anangsha is there and these people are providing value like anything out there um, just sharing on social media of course then you have your ebooks and everything but even for people who don't want to pay for it um, there's just tons of value out there to learn from directly from you people and probably you people didn't have anybody um uh, to tell you all of these things back then because you know how freelancing have has boomed uh, during pandemic and as you said that that wasn't um as as the um, um like what what do we say matlab it was seen nahi tha india mein pehle jitna as i said ki abroad yeah. mein tha so that obviously that makes a huge difference now that we have a leverage because we have people who can mentor us and who are there to teach us for free uh so that's something amazing also i'll just like to give a little tip to uh, our listeners right now okay guys so if you all want these details uh, at one place then you can buy shreya's new ebook called twitter anthology i've seen that and i'm planning on buying that so it'll provide you with all her twitter threads about freelancing at one place and much more you can find the link uh, on her linkedin profile and on her twitter profile so uh, if if you if you want to start a your own freelancing business or if you if you are a beginner you have questions i suggest go and check it out that'd be amazing okay now moving Thank on you. to our next question you're welcome of course uh sushreya so now we discussed about various aspects of making money online so let's move on to the second half of today's topic this is about making money online or a thousand dollars online within a month i mean is that even possible for for somebody who's just starting out or maybe who's listening to the podcast right now and they want to just uh, go out and begin with the journey of uh, making money within a month um can you give us maybe some starting pointers um on how to make this happen for people who want to begin right now maybe okay so look the weird thing about this question is that can you yes i mean you can make 1000 dollars a month um will you is a different kind of aspect right will you depends on you will you depends on literally on who you are depends on what skill set you already have what phase you are at or what stage you are at with the skill set how good you are at it um whether you already have an offer ready or not whether you've already worked with people or not whether you have confidence in um uh, pitching your offer and getting on prospect calls in negotiating and closing a client so i'm i'm not going to say that you can i mean again you can but it takes time so even if it does not happen in one month don't be disheartened that would be my first disclaimer because it takes time so i would say 3 to 6 months is pretty much the average range i would set 3 to 6 months that okay within 3 to 6 months i should have at least one month where i've hit 1000 i think that's a good goal to set um at this stage if you're new now if you um but anyway like the fundamental of having uh, a good you know a good income every month is having a good offer that you can charge more for so the i think the problem that comes up with a lot of new freelancers is they end up taking up like 100 dollar work like 100 dollar a month work and they end up taking up like six seven times which is too too many clients to take on they're overworked they're overbooked they have no time they have no flexibility and they're still making let's say 600 700 dollars a month that's that could be a way to reach 1000 dollars a month but then imagine how much time you are giving and you will end up working like 80 90 hours a week just trying to get things done and that's like you literally you'll stop sleeping that that's what happens and you, at that price point you can't even outsource so you can't even think that okay let me outsource because then you know there's no budget left to outsource 
So the important thing is first to create a good offer. So I'm assuming you have good testimonials, you worked with a few clients. Now imagine what could you offer to one client that you could charge like, let's say at least $500 a month for. So instead of working with six, seven different clients and still not hitting $1,000, what you do is you look for two clients who will pay you $500 a month and then that's how you hit thousand. So that would be the first goal where you create a good offer. Again, people will only pay you what they think is valuable to them. Like if, if they find value in it, only then they will pay you a good amount. For it. So $500, what can you do for it? Um, you would like, you know, what sort of milestones do you expect the client could hit? Um, how, how can you like, what sort of case studies do you have that can back up the claim that you are good at, you know, you're good at being able to get these results for them. Create that offer. And then the next step is to pitch it. Just pitch to as many of your target audience. Pitch to people who are able to pay. A lot of times people go in for early stage startups. I've noticed that. I'm not sure why, but new freelancers end up going in to pitch for early stage startups. And although, of course, each startup is different, overall, my experience has been that most of them do not have the kind of budget that you would expect them to have. They are probably looking for someone at an internship level of uh, work and internship level of budget which is why they, uh, I mean, unless you're able to find someone, of course, I wouldn't recommend starting out with people who are just starting their own company. They don't have funds to invest in something like that, right? Um, or they don't have funds to invest long-term. They might just run out of that sort of budget within three or six months. So you, you don't have a long-term plan that way. Um, so pick your audience also very wisely. Pick somebody who does have the funds, who's able to commit for a long time and who understands, again, who understands the value of what you have to offer. So, I mean, I think the keyword of this podcast has been value. So definitely cling on to that and make the most of that. So once you do that, once you have an offer, once you keep pitching the people, that gives you uh, the chance to gauge how good your offer is doing. What's your response rate? How many people are you getting on a call? How many people do you end up closing after getting on a call with them? And then based on that, you keep tweaking your offer. So work on those, those aspects, work on your offer, work on your outreach, work on um, who you're reaching out to as well. And if like, you know, if three people in a row say yes to $500 a month, you know, it's time to increase it. Then increase to let's say $700. If three people again say yes to 700, okay, increase it. 800, 850, 900. That's how you increase based on how good of a response rate you have. Like you literally want that, more people are negotiating. When you know more people are negotiating, you know that, okay, this is a price point which is competitive. It's challenging. This is a price point that I could work with. But if too many people are saying yes, increase your prices. So yeah, those would be a few methods to hit like $1,000 a month. That's more than just a few. I think I'm going to listen to this podcast myself for like four or five times and make notes, uh, which is, I think, itself going to make an ebook. Uh, but I'm not going to sell it, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think the questions and the points that you've mentioned right now, they are in self. Um, if, if somebody is able to answer those questions, then I believe that you are off to a very good start because then you have clarity about a lot of important things. Um, as you mentioned about picking the right kind of offer, um, then pitching to people and then uh, uh, understanding that who can understand the value of your products, of your services. And then mm. uh, I can also completely agree with the, the startup bit that you said, right? That um, I've seen this happening in India that there are some startups, like, but very few of them that pay very well. And because of that, if people feel that, okay, startups are paying really well. And even if you're a fresher, even if you're a beginner, so we should just pitch to startups. But a majority of them, as you said, do not have that kind of a budget. And um, so that's not something uh, that I believe uh, 
is the right place to start with. At least I think you should properly research the place where uh, you're trying to target or where you're trying to apply so that you don't end up wasting a lot of your time and then probably feeling disheartened about yes. it. Okay. Uh, so now that was some amazing insight, Shreya. I'm loving this so far. <laughs> okay. Uh, now that we've basically learned about uh, everything about the concept. So it's time for understanding the importance of sustaining this money. Now making money, I believe it's still easier than sustaining it. And for sustaining it, I believe, and to compound it, obviously, you need to have a process. You need to build a process for yourself. And I um, obviously don't know your entire process, but I'm very fond of it because I have heard you talking about how you still have freedom to live your life your own way. You're not stuck up working for clients every day, all day, all week, and you still have good enough number of hours to sleep. And um, I was just astounded when you said, that, okay, I only work like maybe 90 minutes or so in a day for one particular client. I mean, that is, do you know some sort of magic or what? <laughs> just tell us something about that. Um, just um, share something maybe from, from your process or uh, bits and pieces of it that how can somebody convert this entire thing into a process that's sustainable and that would uh, compound over time and still not burn out, um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That 90 minute thing I've been asked in many podcasts and I think it's been taken out of context a lot because that's it doesn't mean that I work 90 minutes a day. It means that when I have multiple clients, I allot certain time so that I don't end up um, literally like forgetting a client or, you know, end up working on the same client repeatedly. So there's a cycle like there's you can allot certain days that, okay, on Mondays and Wednesdays, I'll work for certain clients. Tuesdays and Fridays, I'll work on this. But Thursdays, I'll only work on outreach, only on sales calls, whatever that is. So you can compartmentalize your day that way. Another thing I think people don't realize is that um, all of this is also work for me. So I'm doing like three podcasts a day, whatever two hours that takes, it's still work for me. Uh, when I'm doing, uh, you know, social media content creation, when I'm shooting reels, I probably end up shooting the same thing for like 10, 15 times. It takes an hour or two. Um, all the ideation, all the staying up late at night and being like, oh, now I have an idea and actually doing it. That's also work for me. Writing an ebook is work for me. So I think in that sense, yes. Although I, I don't give all my time to uh, my clients because there's other things beyond that that I do as well. That's also work. Um, so I think, yeah, that's been taken out of context a little bit. Also, I don't think that this is an anything to aspire for. I mean, it's not... I would say like, I don't like having free time. Like if I go a week without really doing anything, I think that, okay, wait, it's okay that I managed what I had, but it means that I didn't do anything new. It means that I had all this time that I could have used to build something, maybe find another client, maybe write another ebook, do something, anything, um, maybe even beyond work, but I didn't use it. So I think that leaves a different feeling for me as well uh, at the end of the week. So I think... One of the things, important things is that don't try to just look for ways to minimize your work hours to like two hour days. You know, I've seen that. Oh, you can freelance whenever, you know, freelancing means you have full freedom of time. You can work whenever you want two hours a day. Yeah, but then that's not sustainable. That's not sustainable because first, it doesn't make sense. You can't only work two hours a day. Um, second, because there's so many aspects apart from just the client work, you still have sales calls, you still have content creation, if you're doing it, you still have your personal planning, your newsletters, your emails, your, e uh, your follow ups, whatever that may be, you have that. And also the third thing, it just doesn't leave a good feeling for you, you 
it's i think it's in human nature to want to keep chasing something so i think a lot of that burnout comes from both ways it comes from doing too much of the same thing but it also comes from realizing that wait i'm not doing it to my full potential what i need to do is it's okay that i have two hour days sometimes but you know that you didn't make the most of it because you still had so much more time that was valuable and again that you could have made the most of um so in that sense again if you want to save time though anyway you can outsource work that's the best solution you have you outsource work which means you can also take on more clients um basically you're hiring freelancers you don't even have to hire them as full time people you can just outsource certain projects um another thing is to increase your rates like i said if three people back to back have said yes to your offer you need to increase your rates and then you'll probably have again two people saying yes and then you keep doing that until again fewer people say yes and then uh, sorry more people start saying yes and then you again increase your rate until the number goes down uh so charge more work with fewer clients and you're still making the same income minus all the stress that comes with managing 10 different people um and uh finally also it would be to you know amidst all of this realize that it's not just freelancing itself that's about you know money um your financial health and st- stability will come from other things as well explore investments explore all these different kinds of things that you know accounts that banks have how does it make a difference to uh, your money how does it help your money grow while it's sitting in the account what happens explore all of those options explore any further investments into your own business what else could you do like could you maybe start a youtube channel is that going to help you in some way do that do you want to start a coaching business if you want to again all of these things if you want to do you think you want to start a coaching business again that could make you a side income as well um of course you are again you're giving time but it's extra income you do that as well so don't once you've had enough you've got a hold on freelancing maybe about a year or so then i would say diversify as well see where your money can go see what makes a difference to you your lifestyle uh, what helps you earn more money even if you you know investing it in the right way in yourself as well uh, that's important so explore all these aspects don't just think that the income coming in is your financial stability no there's so much else out there that you have to keep a check on okay now that you talk about it clearly reflects um you know something that i said in beginning that how i feel that you believe in work smart uh, and not work hard because whatever you dis- you were discussing right now again it reflects upon your process that how you manage your day mm-hmm. how you manage your week and how you manage your life and obviously it could be different for everybody um this is not something that i believe could be imitated but of course a lot of things can be learned from it and i completely agree when you say that okay a lot of people talk about burnout burnout why are doing a lot of work but then there is um, a, a case of burnout when you don't work enough uh, to your potential and then you just feel lethargic and again you end up being feeling lost so i think just understanding what works for you the best and uh, uh, being aware about how you can uh, probably build your own process and how it's working for you again you know it's experimentation and seeing that what's working for you and what um, what's not working as well for you and then with time as you have yourself transformed from just being a freelancer to having an agency of your own and then probably you'd be ex- um, uh, expanding to something else uh, so there needs to be a a regular growth in order to keep you satiated and uh, in order to keep you probably satisfied or happy with whatever work um, it is that you're doing um so okay so now with this my five questions come to an end shreya and you have given a lot of value in them 
um so i can now everybody would be listening to the podcast would be able to imagine that what sort of value you share uh, on regular basis on your social media um and of course your ebooks um okay uh, so shreya just a bonus uh, i don't know if i can call it a bonus question but for my listeners it would be um so can you mm-hmm. just share like three tools uh that that you absolutely love and that you feel that if you had known about these two these three tools or websites before then it would have been really helpful okay um i think one is airtable i really like using it just it's a fancy excel sheet you can say uh very functional it's great like all of my client work happens on there at this point so airtable really cool um second is xmind it's a mind map making tool which is also like really cool because if you just have a lot of ideas you want to place them together um i really like it and it's it has different visual options so it's not just you know a list it's something you can play around with in terms of colors and layout and everything so i like that and uh, third thing which i have always known about but i think is just super underrated is just i think google drive in itself like google docs excel sheets that's like almost everything you need for content writing gets covered by that so docs especially i love that because of the comments feature client can add comments i can add comments there's uh, less need to get on calls but everything just out there and it's and it's in written uh, sorry it's and it's in written form which is more uh, you know chances of being misunderstood are slightly lesser when it's all there in writing so yeah i think google docs really cool use use that more especially use the comment feature more it's helpful you know i use two of these things myself like google drive google docs i absolutely love it i use it for all my social media things and xmind of course mm-hmm. it is like a no love i also made my um, twitter banner using xmind and i got a lot of compliments on that okay. uh, it looks like i thought mm-hmm. you can call it like a like an airplane or maybe it looks some people told me that it looks like a fishbone fishbone skeleton or something but it's really cool i love it yeah <laughs> okay mm-hmm. all right uh, so with that we come to an end for this podcast shreya thank you so much for joining us uh, joining us today um, and i'm sure a lot of people are going to learn a lot of things from here um and until next time adios thank you much thank you so much